My name is Tony Pelicino, the owner of Tungster Paints here in Orlando, Florida. And we are going beyond the smoke with Thomas Ward. to talk to you about uh, Tonester. Sure. I think this is this is amazing what you've done. Tell us a little bit about your history, right? You're you're from Ohio? It's originally from Ohio. So, I've been in the paint industry for it's actually been about 6 years now, just when I started college just as a part-time job right up in Ohio. As I worked more, I started liking the industry and the business itself. You know, just the daily aspect of working with like contractors, you know, homeowners picking colors for projects. I always just thought that it was super cool as I learned more about it. Um, so yeah, I worked at Sherman Williams for a while. And we have that story. Yeah. That, that basically, did you start making videos? Is that what it was? You started making TikTok videos? Yeah, I started creating TikTok content of paint being mixed just to kind of show folks on the app, like, hey, this is how you achieve certain paint colors. Because I felt like a lot of people didn't know that. Um, I mean, when I first started working in paint, I just thought, you know, you went to the back, pulled pulled the can off the shelf, and then the color was already inside of it. I had no idea, like, the formulation process, um, the color theory behind it. Um, so that's kind of what I was showing to the users of TikTok through that. And you became popular, right, at that point, because people love those kind of things on TikTok where you see the whole process. Right, and you right. See I think within like the first six months of doing it, I got about like 900,000 followers on TikTok, which is crazy. Whoa. But like you said, it's like folks really like to see the satisfying process of things being made and created. Um, and that's really how the channel started out was almost like a content page geared towards satisfying videos and color creation process. Okay, so you start doing this, people grab attention to it. What happens next? The channel got really popular, like I said, in a short period of time while I was still working part time at the paint store, just like any other guy. You know, me being a college student studying in marketing and business, I thought it'd be a cool idea to approach the company about this new way to kind of advertise and, you know, get the brand out there to newer users, you know, people who may not know about Sherwin-Williams or the product, whatever it might be, right? So I worked with some college professors actually to build a pitch deck to bring to the marketing department of Sherwin. Okay. And we built it. It was, it was cool. Like the whole idea I remember was just getting younger users or younger people to gain interest in paint in a legacy brand that's been around for 150 years, you know? Yeah. So that was my idea towards that. The deck not got, never got to the marketing people. I tried, I reached out to a bunch of people. They got back to me eventually. It was actually a guy through LinkedIn and said, you know, due to COVID, whatever's going on right now, we don't have any room for new ideas. But then the crazy thing was, is a few weeks after that said incident- They that, opened up TikTok. <laughs> they would, no, they uh, had the loss prevention team come and ask me like questions about the TikTok channel. Um, I guess they weren't cool with it. And then they fired you. And then they fired me, yeah. Well, at first they thought that I you know, was like taking paint that you know, wasn't oh, wow. mine, like stealing the paint. And this is all, this is a little background too. I'm, this was a store in Athens, Ohio, which is like as rural as it gets. Like this paint store was not busy. Like I had time to make the TikToks, um, which was cool. But um, yeah, it was just customer orders. Um, and even in, in some instances, I would buy the paint to make, you know. The videos. The videos, yeah. Right. To keep the channel going. Right. So you did that. All of a sudden, loss prevention. Wow. Yeah, they went, man. It they was went like the, big, the big fish. Yeah. Wow. And so they, fi they fire you. Mm -hmm. 
You're gone. Yes. Okay. So got fired, but I still wanted to keep that channel was like an asset at that point. I knew if I kept going in the direction that I originally had planned, you know, exposing paint to a new group of people, um, something good would come of it. And, you know, I could still keep the content going. So that's what I did. I went to all the paint stores, Lowe's, Home Depot, you know, in the Southern Ohio, West Virginia area, got all their old paint, got it for cheap and just kept making videos while I was in school. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you just do it at home or? Yeah, there was a, I was actually in like a 10 by 10, like unfinished basement uh, at my friend's house. You know, where I could get be like messy, like it didn't matter if I got paint everywhere and stuff like that. So that's where I set up shop and kept making the making the content. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. At that moment, you're out of a job. Yeah. What's next? What leads you to the decision of wanting to start your own company? Sure. Right. Going through that whole process and understanding that and then moving to Orlando. That's where things got interesting so this was only like a few months after getting fired from sherwin yeah i was still making the content whatever you know but you know i started researching content marketing even more you know just how to build an audience get keep people engaged so you know what i wanted to do was create an emotional connection with my audience like kind of just let them know why i do what i do like let them know a little bit more about me my story um because at that point like i said it was strictly content where i was just making videos satisfying videos for people's entertainment. Nothing with real substance to it yet. So that's where that changed. I made that viral video about how I got fired, explaining my story, what I was doing now. Um, Did that bring bring any repercussion or any result? Yeah, so uh, that's when, you know, the media had gotten a hold of that story where, you know, I did a bunch of interviews. Um, The video itself, I think, got like 70 million views or something like that, the story about myself. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah, it, like it went viral over like and that's when it got into the news like um I did an interview with like Fox Business. It was it was everywhere. And so that's when the job offers started rolling in. So from all these paint companies across the United States offering me marketing positions, you know, being an influencer for their brand, being an ambassador for their company. At that point, Florida Paints, which is a paint manufacturer in Winter Garden. Okay. So they reached out to me. They're they're a super small manufacturer compared to everyone else, right? But I met with them. They reached out to me and they were like, hey, we'll give you a manufacturing agreement to make your own product and you can, we'll help you start your own business, Mm -hmm. Tonester brand it, make it a product so you can, you know, create a business. So that, I felt at that point, that was the best opportunity to kind of scale my ideas and the future that I wanted. That's pretty cool. It was it was really cool. So that's when you made the decision to move from Ohio to Orlando? Mm-hmm. Okay. Came down here, developed the toaster brands, developed all the colors, developed the online site. That was the whole idea. I wanted to have an online paint store. So let's go back, though. Once this blows up on social media, on the news and everything, did Sherwin-William reach out? I talked with some representatives at the company. Um and, you know, the thing was, like, I was never mad at Sherwin-Williams for that said decision, you know. Sherwin-Williams being one of the biggest companies in the world, it was just a few people that kind of made some bad decisions. You know, I couldn't blame the entire company itself, right? Sure. So, and I always, you know, still give credit to Sherwin-Williams for helping me find my passion, my career path, something I wanted to do in developing the interest in paint. So No, no, do, when something bad goes right, you yeah, know exactly, what I mean? Like, exactly. it, it led you to, to where you are today, but... 
It's interesting. Obviously, I, th- I think you said even the CEO reached out yeah. and everything. It's just a big company. Things like things fall through the cracks, and I totally understood that. I mean, but I want to understand why the interest in paint. Why do you you studied marketing and business? Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, you just took it as a part time job. Yep. Did you ever have any artistic interest in interior design or anything like that? Not before I started working at that paint store. I began to realize, you know, working at that store, paint is involved with literally everything. Everything. I mean, you it, it's a very sustainable business to be in, first of all. And then the color aspect of it I always found really interesting was the color formulations to achieve certain paint colors. Like, I didn't know that there's really only 12 different pigments that you need to achieve any sort of paint color. I wanted to ask you about that because I go to paint store and it's kind of like... It, it's such an indecision. There's 25 different 100, 2,500 colors to look at. How are you supposed to know which one that you want, right? And, you know, the different color families are, it's just very overwhelming for a customer, right? Like, there's too many options. Um, I related to the Cheesecake Factory of the restaurant business. <laughs> no, it's for real. Like you, you, They got a ton of options, yeah. They have too many options. Yeah. They have a, a book, you know, and they yep. want to be everything for everybody, right? And, you know, that's the thing. I've done multiple color consultations. I walk into a homeowner's house to see what kind of colors they want to pick. And I'll see 15 different swatches taped up on the wall of all of essentially the same color, just with, like, slightly different shades. Variations. Like, slight, slight. So once they end up picking a color, it almost feels like they pick. They feel like they picked the wrong color yeah. at some point because they'll, they'll put it up and be like, oh, I should have went with this one, this one. But it's all relatively the same so what i did with the tonser brand keep it under 50 colors so that's it you get in your car you move down here you go and negotiate your deal with florida right. paint you start your business online only online only yes okay so what happens because i know i saw the videos but i want it from directly from you so i would say a difficult part of this whole process of developing this business as its brand was transitioning from being just a content creator to now a business it's like it was night and day um and it took about an eighth eight month transition to kind of show my audience whether it be on tiktok instagram or youtube hey i have a brand now you can buy these products and you know it took a lot of learning for myself to be like all right how do i market this and advertise it so people know that they can buy it you know, because I was strictly, like we were talking about before, just satisfying paint content. Now I had to figure out how to market Monetize it. it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, monetize it. And then at the same time, you're not making any money. Nope. Nope. So that's very tough. Yes. Right? Because yeah. that's, the, that's the worst part of a business is right. just when you start it and you're not making any any money. You're right. Like, Fuck. Yeah, and that was the thing. I didn't start, I didn't start with any sort of capital. The none. only thing I was given was a tint machine to tint, tint all the paint. Okay. That and then, um, you know, I developed everything from scratch basically. Um, but yeah, transitioning from, you <laughs> so know, you, you build you build the logo, yes. right? I actually had a, my talk about not having any money. I had my friend's mom make the logo. Okay, who was so graphic, she made the like, logo, yeah. which is no problem. So in your in in your years of working for Sherwin Williams, how did you learn about paint? Well, see, that was the thing. Working in paint, I mean, you learn things without even you know wanting to learn them, right? exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. just from di- hearing different people's experiences with product what they're trying to do there's all kinds of different products for every sort of 
project. So, you know, every, every product's got its own, you know, tweaks on it for, you know, they, they sell enamel for, you know, trim cabinet store that dries hard. Mm. Um, there's all kinds of cool stuff you can use with the gallon of paint to, for different projects. Yeah. But the part that all kind of fell on me was how do I sell it? Because, you know, I had to figure out a strategy. How do I get this product into people's House. homes yeah. around, around the country, around the world, whatever it might be. I had to figure out why is my product different than anybody else, anyone else, all the competitors, the big giants of the paint industry, very competitive market, which we talked about earlier. Um, what's going to make someone want to buy this paint rather than theirs? And the approach that I took and finally figured out after a little while is this is a humanized brand of paint. So meaning when you buy a gallon of toaster, someone's buying it because I specifically made it. I made the color. I crafted it. I put it in that box and shipped it to them. Right. When you go to you know your Lowe's, Home Depot, Sherwin, it's all commercialized. I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing special. Um, there's no connection emotional connection when you're when you're buying a gallon um from there rather than toaster so that's kind of the approach that i take with it now now you have to sell your paint yeah you've been creating content how do you shift what happens tell us the first eight months because i know you didn't make any money no yeah yeah and what what was that like all of a sudden you figured it out well yeah that that was the 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 moment i don't know i just had to always be consistent with what i do you know, and keep putting the content out, content out there, just trying to get the brand in front of as many eyeballs as possible. And then one day I posted a video just kind of describing how I was making my colors and it took off right from there. And that was the kickstart that I needed to, um, you know, grow it even further than it, than it was. So you went back to basics, basically. Yeah, back to basics. I, I there's, and social media changes all the time. Um, and the tough part as a creator now and a business owner is you have to find that balance between operations and then creating content and creating new paint colors. It's, it's a real balance that I had to learn how to do successfully to get product out the door. So you build this online business. What would you say it grew? 100%? I mean, it doubled in sales? Well, the business has only been... Around what? One year? 20 months. 20 months. Okay. So it was April of 2021 where you started. I, I launched the online site, you know, developed everything and just got rolling from there. So yeah, about 20 months. I think if I'm doing the math right, you're like 12 x it wow. in one year. Yeah. But like I said, that first year was slow. I think I only did like maybe like 10,000 in sales throughout, throughout that year. And then thing, things took off. Right. And then once it takes off, now you're operational. Now you have orders coming in every yep. day. So how, how did you keep that balance? I come up with the idea, not forced. You know, I'm not sitting here like jotting things down, like trying to create some formula for content. It has to be just a genuine idea, um, genuine vision for it. And that's when I'll create that content and post it. And it could be, you know, a week, Without two, anything. two weeks or even three weeks, you know, there's gone. There's been points where I've gone three weeks without posting, um, but I also think the audience appreciates that a little more when they're you're not in their face all the time. Um, I think it becomes like I said, it makes the content seem more genuine. Yeah, and I agree. It's almost like the less content that I put out all the time, the more interest sales and interest come in. Now that you have all this 
content and you have all this audience, right? Other paint companies have been maybe showing you interest in like doing collaboration with you or how um, has it gone after that, right? Not really, man. No. I'll tell you what, man, <laughs> this this paint industry is it's no joke. It's super competitive. Like once you're a competitor, they people want nothing to do with you. Right. Um, which makes sense. I mean, you know, I as you see now, like a lot of uh, corporate paint companies now have their own TikTok channels. They're trying to get more into the, you know, social media space. Mm -hmm. um, it's just not organic, man. And even if those comp opportunities did come about, you know, I'd have to really consider, you know. What's the benefit, right? Right, you know. And con a lot of content's not something that you can put into a PowerPoint on a Friday, you know, in a meeting. It's just not, it's not, not how I ever did it, man. And that obviously... That's why my content, I think, works and kind of connects with people. It's because it's not too orchestrated right. like a lot of corporations try doing. I feel that there's been a change that people kind of tired of, you know, this mass production, this like we're going to grab grab you and keep you as an audience and keep you buying and stuff like that to more, you know, organic, small company, right, right. local, all that. So. Have you noticed that change in the trend? You ever hear that phrase that people don't want to buy products from companies, they want to buy it from people? Yeah. yeah it's it's a relationship business. Yeah. 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 I, I think in, in the restaurant business, we were talking about it the other day, I think it's coming back. Do you feel that people are changing in your business, not only because of the relationship, but because of the convenience that they don't have to go to a paint store? You talk to them right. you know, over social media you can kind of direct them in a way. Is that, you think, where the business is going? Yeah, I definitely do see that transition happening. A lot of folks really, I don't know if they don't enjoy going to the paint stores anymore, um, but I saw that as I was working there. It's just a very, very stressful environment for some people. So how do you grow Tonester moving forward? What is your plan? Keep the online store moving and going, adding additional employees to take care of operations so I can, you know, focus on Grow the growing the business. You know, that's just any sort of entrepreneur strategy moving forward. You know, getting into specific like boutiques, places that aren't too commercialized where folks can buy it too. It'll still have that home feel with a kid who, you know, makes paint colors right. and had his, had his story and is now trying to grow his uh, colors into the market. Have you tried interior designers? Like, there's a big interior designer here in town that does boats and everything like that. Like, something like that may, yeah, may that, work. Yeah, that's another thing, too. Collaborations with interior, interior designer designers, architects, yeah. uh, you know, custom home builders. There are a few interior designers that I work am with. connected yeah. with now that have, like, my Fandex and when they consult with their customers, they'll use my colors too. Yeah, because I, I, I know interior designers, you know, they specifically want something that's not, you know, played played out. Exactly. I was watching one of your videos and the color of the year, you, you're, you're stuck with choosing the color of the year. Yeah. I mean, because every company does it, right? Right. The weird thing about the colors of the year for companies is, I don't know who picks those colors, yeah. <laughs> but- neither. A lot of the colors that I sell, like the olive black, Storms in Paris, like by far my most popular colors, only because it's, you know, they're moody, they're dark greens, earth tones. Um, they're really, really beautiful colors. So that's a, the kind of the trend that I see in my product is those real moody colors. But then, you know, I look at corporate paint companies. I, is it like someone picked like a 
bright red. I'm like, who <laughs> is painting their house that? I've never sold a color like that and like not not a lot of it at least like to where they think that's going to be like the trend. A lot of those companies do that. They pick colors that I think aren't really on trend because they're not connected with their customer. That goes goes back to that. They're just kind of the, yeah, they're, yeah, they're trying they're to create something commercial to yeah, sell. Right? Exactly, exactly. Something right. that they can advertise easily. Right. So that's kind of how I made my color of the year is just going the completely opposite route. Yeah, yeah. I was like a super super light greenish blue. Yeah, yeah. Or it's actually a mid tone greenish blue antidote, which is a super super beautiful color. Um, it was that was a tough one to make, but that's another story. But yeah, just trying not to do that, like overselling, uh, yeah. just kind of creating false expectations. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean. Like that's that's kind of the route I take. How long does it take you to build a color for you? So I'll see inspiration somewhere, and I've made so many paint colors now over my six years of being in the industry that I can formulate pretty much any color that I want, which is a cool skill to have. Um, yeah. You know, with slight adjustments, and then once I create the formula, it could probably take me about two or three days. Oh, really? Yeah. Just trial and error? Trial and error. What do you have to do with all that paint? Throw it out? Oh, you, I'll take one gallon um, with whatever base it is, add a starting amount of pigment uh, to kind of see where I can get the color to. And then from there, I can just slowly add increments and the gallon will still be perfectly fine. Okay. Yeah. Cool. cool. Are you adding any other products? Have you decided if that's in your future? Well, I've, uh, I want to add the exterior line sometime this year as well mm -hmm. um but you know i've always stuck with the interior just because that's kind of where i specialize the exterior would be cool the exterior man. would be really cool yeah it would be really cool i'm ready yeah i'll use it in my next project you let me know man yeah, I got yeah. You. have you thought of making a uh, an actual physical store i have a good idea for the paint the idea for the paint store but i don't know if i want to no, no, you don't have to say put it, it, put it, out, yeah, put it yeah. out there yet because it, it, it's very, very unique um, that I think would work. But that that is in the plans as well over the five-year plan, building up a brick-and-mortar store. Because I think the experience of going to a paint store could be, you know, changed. Right. Right? It's so it's so old school. It's so like, here, here are your 25 color matches. Hope hope you yep. figure it out. Yep. That That is in the books, though. That is in store, the books? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm excited for that. Cool. It would be here in Orlando, obviously. I, you know, I have folks coming into my office all the time. I mean, it's not like a. I can't believe that couple drove four hours from Miami to come buy paint. That you gave them a free paint. Oh yeah, from South yeah, Florida. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had some lady from Virginia come into my office the other day. I don't think she came all the way from Virginia just for me, but she was in Orlando. She came by the office. Um, and at my office on East Colonial, it's not like a storefront. It's like more of like a fulfillment studio. Right. type of area so i'll just have folks knocking on my door trying to or asking i'll i'll let anyone come in and sure, check it sure. out yeah that's pretty funny like, yeah it's, that's the power of social media which is I crazy know. that people would drive over here to see your paint color and then you you well you said customer service <laughs> you gave them free paint right that's a trip that is a trip that's a trip but the individuality of the product and obviously the special the speciality of yeah. the product just brings it out i guess well that, that's the whole thing it's it's created these colors are created by a person not by a machine a machine that has a you know spectrometer or whatever it's created by a person um gives it, it's more of the handcrafted feel you know what i mean that's cool yeah so tell everybody where you can get your colors where they can check you out instagram everything put it out there because i think a lot of people are going to watch this video and just be interested yeah in what you do 
I have the online store, tonesterpaints.com. All my social media handles, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, Tonester Paints, simple, right, right there. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me, see my content, check out the colors, order if you need to. If you want to, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, thank you, man. I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Yeah. Hey, thanks for watching. I'm going to sit here to subscribe. Hello? Subscribe.